0: Hey, this is Erin Lindstrom, and you're listening to Thank You For You. This is a show about celebrating and acknowledging our humanness as well as our beingness, the easy and the hard, the gifts and the gifts we don't really like but choose to accept anyway. This is a show about and for people in pursuit of more peace, more joy, more money, more justice, and more of the awe that life has to give us. Thank you for being here, and thank you for you.
1: Woo! Woo. It's, it's another day, baby. Another pod, another intro, another Another day on
0: this earth. All right. So (laughs) literally right before we hopped on to do this, I got a message from our podcast guest that said, I saw you last night walking around the Hague. (laughs) Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So she's here. She's back baby. She's in Norfolk. Woo. I love that. That's so great to hear. (gasps) Very exciting. Have you ever taken an art class? Do you consider yourself artistic, Alex? uh <laughs> I I feel like I I consider
1: myself artistic just because like art is creation I guess and mm-hmm. I feel like a creator in the sense of like writing and fashion and like a comedy and stuff so I'd say I'd say yes I'd say mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. I've been known to draw a thing or two I'm pretty good at um yeah mm-hmm. that's cool yeah I'm very good at like I guess mimicking like if I can look at things and draw them
0: very easily. Interesting. Yeah. I cannot do that, but have been working on it. <laughs>
1: yeah. You've been doing those upside down. I don't know if you guys follow Erin on Instagram. She's been doing the upside down drawing
0: thing. Yeah. I've been trying uh, to be honest. I kind of fell off the wagon. I'll have to get back on.
1: So, what is that exactly? Do you just because I, I wasn't is the image upside down or are you drawing? Yeah.
0: Outside? Okay. So, basically, I saw this on a TikTok, obviously. Okay. And they basically recommend like taking a picture of something and turning it upside down so that your brain stops trying to make it perfect. And instead can just look at the shapes that don't make sense. And oh. you redraw that picture that way. And so I draw the thing to me, it looks upright, but technically it's upside down. Cause I'm looking at the thing upside down. And then when I turn it over at the end, sometimes I'm like, Oh my God. Yes. And other times I'm like, Oh my God. ah." Hey, um, that's art baby. Yeah. It's silly and fun, <laughs> but I like, and I think we might even talk about this in this episode. I just remember being in art class and like not being good at it, but like, that's not a real thing. You know what yeah. I mean?
1: That's also how my art classes were. I was like, uh, that, but I think also with, especially with like, I guess in high school art classes, it's more structured on, are you good at this? Not right? I think we're here to create and have fun and explore. Cause even like, and I think this is also talked about in the episode. Mm-hmm. Even ugly art is art. It's all right. it's all subjective. So how dare you tell me that this thing I do is like doesn't pass totally. I mean, as long as it's, re- meet, you know, meeting the objectives, that's all that matters for class at
0: least. Yeah. And I think it's funny, like taste isn't the same for everyone, but you don't learn that in school. It's so much like conformity and yeah. like wearing the same thing as everyone else and like making your tree perfectly like everyone else and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's like, all obedience
1: anyways.
0: Yeah, not it. I'm definitely like still unlearning that kind of, and like, I don't know. I don't I guess now is the first time I'm like, Oh, maybe I am an artist, but like, I use words. Okay. And like weird outfits, you know what I mean? Like, but, you're a writer, and I think your home is so like well done too.
1: like that's expression. that's thank art you in, of itself. like yeah, I know I think you're to, like, right inside of Aaron's house, hopefully. well, maybe some of you anyways, yeah, listeners, it looks good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: thank you. yeah, and I really enjoy that. I just never I never understood that before. I think that's kind of the same thing how like I didn't understand that like, oh, you can make money writing and like copy is like everywhere in all of the things. So anyway, this is a fun conversation. Kate is a fun person. Ooh, mm-hmm.
1: I remember Let's... the first time I met Kate was at, at a latte when I used to go there. Not at a latte, it was at, what's the name? Fairgrounds. I was like talking to someone and she was there and they're like, oh, you should meet Kate. And I was like, hi, Kate, nice to meet you. Really? <laughs> and then another fun Kate thing is that her children look like they, my cousins it's so weird one of her sons looks just like my cousin it is
0: interesting
1: weird. and I know I bring sorry Kate I know I bring it up every time I see you
0: and your husband so if you're listening to this sorry <laughs> too funny I met Kate out back at the theater oh, nice. <laughs> yep and was told I think you'd like each other and it's true <laughs> and we only had one real like coffee date and then we've hung out uh, like beyond that but that coffee date was like three hours long and I was like oh you're one of these people that you can talk to forever and I love love that. Uh, what a nice <sighs> feeling. Yeah. So without further ado, we're going to bring you that episode so you too can sit down and have a conversation with Kate, but first a dramatic reading of Kate's <laughs> bio. Mm-hmm.
1: Kate Mm -hmm. Thomas has been creating since she was a little girl. She studied fine art in college and hasn't stopped painting since officially launching Kate Thomas Art in 2011. Her home studio is currently based in Norfolk, Virginia.
0: Kate has always been enamored by the forces of nature, the power of a big sky and the boldness of true mountains, the cleansing of crashing waves. And she brings all of that through her abstract pieces. Ooh, I feel so calm. Right? I love her pieces, by the way. They're all over. They're in my background. Yes. Kate is the mom
1: of three, wife of one, in addition to painting, teaches watercolor classes, and loves
0: supporting other artists and setting up businesses that work for them. She has also been known to dabble in improv comedy with me and Alex. So fun. We know her. We love her. We're excited to share her with you. So, dear listener, get to the app. You do the better. Yay, Kate. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm gonna kick us off with the questions that I ask everyone. You can interpret these as you wish. It's gonna be (laughs) it can be big, it can be small. Take us wherever you want to go. The questions are: who are you and how did you get here? Oh
2: gosh. I know the question. (laughs) Who am I? How did I get here? I think I'm finding out. I always thought I didn't know who I was and that I was gonna find myself. And the more I've been connected to myself, I'm finding out that I there's been she's been there all along. Mm. And it's funny, you start to even feel connected to your younger self in ways that you didn't think were possible. Mm -hmm. So who am I? I I think I think I'm an artist, like in my heart, my mind, and my soul. I think I'm person who's always observing and kind of looking for beauty and just love creating and watching other people create and all that. How did I get here? (laughs) Casual. (laughs) I think every little life circumstance nudges you in a direction and you get to choose how you want to take that. And I've made a lot of really bad choices along the way, (laughs) but I'm finally at a place in my life where I'm actually happy where I am. So despite the bad choices, I'm here and feeling good about it.
0: (laughs) I love that. Were they really bad choices? Like (laughs) looking back, or are they just like choices that now you would Yeah. Okay. okay, okay, Cool. Cool. We'll leave them for another episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Tune back for all of Kate's bad decisions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. If you are not familiar with Kate, Kate is an amazing artist. We actually met doing improv comedy here in Norfolk. And she's a mom. And you're just someone who, when we had that like first coffee in Stella, I just like you so much. Aw, thank um, you. Yeah. And so I'm just excited to connect and really like this is both selfish and hopefully generous at the same time. We're like (laughs) hearing more like about your journey to where you are in business and life as an artist, as a creative person, as a human who cares about the world, like how that journey to getting to a place where like, it feels good because I know it doesn't in every season and there's always ups and downs and all of that jazz. Um, Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit, if you're open about like, where are you now? Tell us kind of like what's the business like? You've done a lot of cool things.
2: <laughs> right now, I am. We're in the middle of a move. So we've been in Charlottesville. We took like a little 18-month hiatus during COVID, had the opportunity to pop up here. Loved it. was great. Awesome. Ready to go back home. Norfolk is definitely home. That's kind of where our our heart beats. So Right now, I'm kind of in between studios, but my main deal right now is moving into more abstraction on the canvas and focusing a lot on client work and doing kind of custom commissions, custom consults for clients' homes. A lot of people are just super lost on, they kind of know what they like, but they have no idea how to put it together in a space. I don't have an interior design degree, but I kind of inhabit that space a lot, so it's been fun to step into that with clients and help them pick out art. I would say maybe half of my business is custom work. And then the other half I'm painting what speaks to me and releasing them in collections and just put them up for sale. Mm-hmm. How long yeah. have you
0: been doing that? Like, how long have you been selling your art?
2: So I think I'm at 11 years and it's, it's changed quite a bit over that time. It was very small at the beginning and I was it was kind of like my escape from everything that was going on i had I had somehow had three babies in fourteen months i had got, I had twins and then fourteen months later another one not planned, but it happened loved them, but mm-hmm. it was crazy mm-hmm. and then my dad passed away when the babies were little and so it was just like a lot of difficulty. I found myself in a life I didn't really know how to navigate and um just really needed a paintbrush in my hand my husband was like you need to create like I know you it's been forever since you've done anything and he just really encouraged me to do it so an art teacher of mine from high school had this retrospective show and she wanted to have a student in it so she asked me to do it and I was like okay I'm doing it Hmm. and so I put out a body of work and was really unsure how it was going to go what was going to happen and sold quite a few pieces and just kind of got like bit by this bug of like oh my gosh as much as I love art it was actually really fun to sell it too and so kind of haven't stopped since that's interesting
0: I feel like sometimes there's kind of like the hesitation i like but oh gross I just want to do the art I don't want to sell it so mm-hmm. it's interesting to hear that like <laughs> you liked that piece too
2: well I found myself with like three kids and like all this stuff yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know it just money becomes a different thing the more responsibility you have. And just the way that I grew up, there was a lot of, a lot of pressure on women to be homemakers and mothers. And there was, we use this term a stay at home daughter. It was like, they all raised their daughters to be stay at home daughters. Like, then you get passed on to be um, a mom and you're going to do the same thing there. And I just had kind of some fire against that. So making the money, like, a lot of times wasn't even about the dollar amount. It was just about the, like, no, look at me. Like I'm not going to sit at home and, you know, live that life that they all wanted me to live. So there was, there was definitely some like rebellious fire in there Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that fueled that. So that's cool.
0: As you've kind of like grown your business, how like has, are you open to talking about money? Yeah. Okay. Has money like been an easy thing as far as like sales goes and setting prices and like kind of the, all the work that goes in behind the scenes to like get to the Mm -hmm. actual price tag. I feel like we look at the price tag and we like judge it as we're walking through whatever, but really for the person pricing it, that can be a lot for other people. I know Mm -hmm. it's like, whatever, it's a number, like, how is that for you?
2: Yeah. I mean, at the beginning it was, you know, everybody, all of my friends and their friends, moms and my mom's friends and their daughter, like they were all basically just asking me for stuff. Like, I really like your work. Can, can you paint me something? And there was an assumption that it would be free. And a lot of those people I love dearly. And so, yes, I'm going to give it to you for free, but there had to be this decision where I needed to understand that I needed to find buyers in order to make the dollar amount that I wanted to make. Mm -hmm. So that was the first step, just like, let's just find buyers and kind of play with the numbers and see how people respond to them. But my pricing has changed so many times throughout the years. I mean, for the, I would say the first five or six years, I would put a price tag on it and feel really good about it. And then go to a show and out of my mouth, this is what would happen. Oh, you know what? It's, it's we're close to mother's day. It's mother's day weekend. Let's do 20% off just because I would get so afraid that the person standing there would see the price and be like, who does she think she is? Mm -hmm. So I would like preemptively offer a sale that was not necessary at all. And I got in the sale cycle for years and it took, it was really hard to just be like, The first year I did it, I said, I'm not going to offer a single sale until the year is over. And then I'll discount whatever pieces didn't sell that year. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge shift for me. And it was really scary, but it was also fine. And people bought and they didn't need the sale. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's been, and art is so, you know, it's so subjective. It's, it's really hard to put a price tag on it. At the beginning, I kind of based it off of like what I liked more. Mm -hmm, was cost mm -hmm. more and then I had gotten some advice from a mentor at the time that was like really it's just so much easier if you do it per square inch so that's kind of where I'm at now it's an average it's not it's not hard and fast because my size varies so much it would mean the little ones would be really cheap and the big ones would be like insanely expensive so kind of the middle is a is a price per square inch and we kind of work around that. That kind of keeps it easier. Things are just kind of across the board. It makes sense to a buyer to see if there's two 24 by 24s hanging next to each other. They're generally in the price same price range, maybe a hundred or two different, mm-hmm. but not drastically different. So that was really helpful just to kind of cut out the anxiety of how do I, and then pretty much every year, it's just kind of scooted up a little bit, especially mm-hmm. as I mean, through COVID supplies, co- supply costs has just skyrocketed. So my prices have had, had to go up a lot. And then as demand goes up, the prices go up. So it's taken a while to get into understanding pricing, but I feel like I'm kind of have my head around it now and have a have a good flow for it.
0: Love that. I like how there's like some strategy to it, That's yeah. like bring some peace, the whole like sizing <laughs> convention, how, so you're you have your own business, you have your kids. How does, uh, like, I would love to talk about motherhood and business if you're into that too. Like, what do your kids think? How have you managed? Like, it's an interesting thing to have the freedom to create the life and then also the bills and all of the things Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. how has that journey been for you?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, Yeah. It's been interesting. I am really fortunate to have a partner who's just like my biggest cheerleader. So when I started doing shows, I would show up at festivals, like something like Stockland Gardens, Mm -hmm. um, where you're there all weekend long. And this was like such a great way to see a bunch of people at once and show them your work and really built my business this way. I don't do shows like that anymore, but it was a family affair. So Sean would come and help me set up the tent And the kids are a little, like really little. And they'd be Mm -hmm. like putting the little pins on the wall. And I remember Liam when he was probably four, he would like walk around smiling, just handing my business cards out to everybody. (laughs) Like they were just there and they kind of always known it. There's times where the house gets full, like before a collection release, there's like so many paintings in the house and it's constantly like, watch out for the painting. Like, you know, (laughs) making sure like, you know, basketballs and stuff don't get hit into the paintings but I don't know I think they're just kind of used to it they love it it's they're real honest with me about what they like and what they don't like or you know I paint something new and they're like oh that's new or they're like oh my gosh I love that Mm -hmm. I think it's created a lot of opportunity for them to just see like kind of like what it is to be like as Brene Brown says in the arena um there's a temptation to protect them from all that and just have them see like oh look you can do whatever you want to do but the reality is doing whatever you want to do is really hard and they've you know been privy to a lot of the criticism they've been in booths when people have walked in and said that they don't like it or people will say things like oh my daughter could paint that or you know they people get real critical Mm -hmm. couples will come in and the husband might love something. And the wife is like, Oh, that's so ugly. The kids have heard all of that firsthand and they've seen how I've responded many times in tears and upset. And, you know, and sometimes I'm able to handle it and they have seen me grow with it. And I think it's been, I don't know. I think it's been really good. They all have a very creative entrepreneurial spirit in them. Mm -hmm. And there's There's nothing hidden. They understand that if that's something they want for their life, it's going to be a hard road. Yeah, but it's also really fulfilling.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's so interesting that I that never even occurred to me. Like them seeing the not only your reaction, but like you know, like seeing that, but then also seeing your growth with that. Like, what an interesting thing to really have like a first-hand experience with. Do you feel like your I guess with your experience with having your own business is that? I guess it's hard to say because we don't know how you would how you would parent like without that but like does that influence the way you
2: parent i think it does i think in a lot of ways it leads the way it's almost Mm -hmm. like the thing that invites me into vulnerability with my kids because Mm -hmm. it's all front and center you know we can stuff that goes on internally with different relationships you know that can be phone calls when they're not around. That mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. be stuff you're dealing with on your own, but this stuff is, I mean, it's right there for them to see. And I do, I think it pushes me into places that I wouldn't naturally be comfortable Yeah. parenting through, but I think it's been good. It's been good for all of us. Yeah. Would you support them? Like, like
0: is entrepreneurship something you like hope they do or don't really care or like, I, like do. Oh, don't I do
2: that. <laughs> no, I do. But I have to watch it because if one of them wants a corporate job, like I, I want to be like all for, I want to see my kid and what their strengths are and what they want and fully support them in that. But I do find myself being like, no, this is the way yeah. to do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, because to me, a nine to five is like, I mean, that would just be like soul crushing to me, but there, I have friends that have nine to fives that thrive and love mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me not to just assume that, you know? Yeah.
0: So was that something that like, were you always like that? Like, did you think you would do something kind of like off off the beaten path? It's not really off the beaten path. It's just being in charge instead of (laughs) being. Yeah. Um, yeah,
2: I think so. I mean, a lot of my extended family was really bothered that I wasn't going to get an education degree or something to you know, fall back on if, mm-hmm. if art didn't work. But I, I think I always knew that something would work, but mm-hmm. I was also really naive and I didn't know what that, I think it wasn't naivety that helped me in a way. Like mm-hmm. I think if I were more aware of how hard the world is and how hard it is to make a living, I would have been a lot more scared than I was, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I kind of just, more than anything I just wanted to do what I wanted to do and that was like my dominant thought so I don't know that I really thought about it that much when I was in college yeah
0: yeah it's fascinating it's interesting too I imagine that you are like surrounded with no people who are creative in their hearts as well and like dream of doing something like this but taking that jump I think especially when you've been in the quote unquote real world for a little mm-hmm. bit like building the bridge over to the other side yeah. of like freedom like oh! I also yeah. like, I started on this path like I very quickly I think I worked in an office setting for like a month and was like I can't be here like yeah. <laughs> help me <Right>. um, <laughs> and it's yeah. different when you start over here because you don't know the comforts of over there in a way. Right. Um right. so that's interesting for people who might be Listening and considering kind of like building that bridge or making that jump, do you have
2: any insight or knowledge that you would want to share around that? Yeah, I mean, I think people ask me this all the time. I get messages all the time, almost every day. How did you do this? Mm. Can you give me some advice? Mm -hmm. I think the first bit of advice that I would have benefited from would be just to really take some time to really be present with yourself and really dig in on, do you have the capacity for this? Are you able to keep pushing when you get knocked down over and over and over again? Because if you know that you're somebody who is gonna not handle that well, then maybe it's not the best place for you. And I'm sure like there's so, everybody has so many strengths and there are, corporate jobs that, that need creative people. Mm-hmm. And there are, there are ways to find a really good fit for you. If you're a person that you're just like, I know this is what I want. And I kind of don't even care and almost won't even listen about the hard things because I'm going to, I'm going to push through them anyways, mm-hmm. then like, let's do it. Like yeah. put on your boots, let's go. So I think it's knowing yourself in that way. Cause you can't know, you can't know what Turns you're going to make in the business. You can't know exactly how to start or exactly what to create first or exactly what platform to put it on. All of those things can be informed by really smart people. And you should listen to those smart people, but a lot of it is going to be your own insight. And you've got to, you've got to have an intuition that has kind of some guts behind it. Mm. Um, So, I mean, that's where I would start. And then I would say, Don't be precious about what you're making. Preciousness is kills so many businesses, so many creative businesses. You know, if you make ugly art, put it out there. If it gets criticized, keep making more. Like you've got to start somewhere. So just start doing it and be willing to let the criticism just kind of pass by. And if people say things that you think, oh gosh, maybe I do want to change that, then change it. And if mm-hmm. you feel really solid in yourself and you're like, you know what, I really like this, then keep doing it. But you got to show up for yourself and for the art, like over and over and over and over and over again. Nobody is going to pull a business, a creative business out of their back pocket and it'd be some perfectly shiny thing right away.
0: Yeah. The idea of like having to show up for it over and over and over and over again, and to show up for both yourself and the art is interesting mm-hmm. to me. And like, especially with like copywriting, right? Writing is, Creative, it requires me to pull from like a certain space to be available in a certain way. And there's absolutely been times over the years where like I am unavailable for that. Like I can't do it Mm -hmm. because, you know, I can show up and do things, but like that's not one of them. There's no extra to kind of like pour from in that way. Have you had seasons of that where like have you ever pulled a vision? Like,
2: yeah, definitely. What does that look like
0: for you? Like just in terms of like, how do you, what does
2: it look like
0: for me? Well, it's scary to like commit to the consistency of like, all right, I'm doing this, but then also like life is fucking hard. And so like how to make that commitment, but then also to commit to taking care of yourself, but also like, Mm
2: -hmm. it's a lot of like being pulled back and forth. It is so, I mean, for me, what it looks like when I'm in a slump is I'm like miserable to be around. I'm like walking around the house constantly talking about my ideas and how <laughs> they won't work or how I can't get what's in my head onto the canvas or how, you know, I can't, I like stew in the negative and I have all these roadblocks up against me and it probably drives my family crazy. I know it drives Sean crazy. And he's like the, he's like, every time I say I can't, He's like, now change that to I won't. So then I'm like, okay. Then I'm like, okay. So if I change it and say like, I won't paint this or I won't paint that, it it puts it right back on me, and I'm like, oh, that feels icky. So then it's I don't know. I just go through this whole process, and I gotta kind of shake it off, and then I have insomnia for a few weeks, and then I have to just start start somewhere and start making ugly things and a lot of that stuff I mean I have a bonfire every year and I burn a ton of work Mm. everybody nobody sees that I don't post the ugly stuff on Instagram right you know it's like you you see these people and you think everything's just so easy and great but there's so much that I get rid of there's so much that I struggle through Um, writing is a helper if I could just like write out some thoughts and ideas I do feel like a lot of my art mirrors what's going on with me emotionally, mentally, spiritually. So if I'm in a rut, I'm fully in the rut creatively and, and otherwise. So it's, it's a cycle. Yeah, that's fair. Cycle life, put everyone through. Yeah. <laughs>
0: when you like, so another thing about like doing creative work is that like, it's you and your art. Which is like cool. And also, I don't know if you like I I sometimes like I wish I could write with someone. Like I want to create mm, with. Yeah. So having like co-writing, whatever, cool. It hasn't it still has to like I have to birth something, you know what I mean? Yep. How do like relationships show up as far as like support goes and like you're doing your own business? But like are is that important
2: to your mm. like creative process at all? Like how do you
0: yeah, kind of feel that?
2: <laughs> I constantly am saying that I want to go back to college just because I miss the crew. Like I miss Mm -hmm. having the same classes with the same people. And when you're in art school, your hours are not studying at home. There are studio hours. So you're in a studio for four hours at a time Mm -hmm. and you're with the same people. And I miss that a lot at the same time. It's what it's same as what you're saying. Like, it's me. I can't, nobody can paint these for me, but I, I do really create like really crave collaboration. And it's it's a hard one cuz a lot of a lot of people don't. So you get rejected a lot in that way too. Like if I reach out to other artists and want to collaborate in some way, even if it's just to like hey, I don't know how this will work, but let's talk about it. A lot of people just say no. There's like such a a mm-hmm. such an attitude of like no, this is mine and I'm keeping it to myself. And I I mean I really am always looking for a collaboration. It's hard to find though. I, I do really appreciate like business support. So I've got two girls in Norfolk that one of them is an artist and she used to own a gallery, yeah, a gallery. And the other one owns a yoga studio. And the three of us, we used to rent a building together. So we were all in the same space mm-hmm. and we just kind of by default for being around each other all the time would end up sitting and talking about business stuff and I like, I view a yoga studio as a creative business. I view anything that you're really any entrepreneurial thing where you're mm-hmm. creating the concept and doing it all yourself. I mean, that's creative. And so we would just kind of fall into conversations about things. And it's been really great, like a really great little support system. We've really held on to that. We had like, you know, check in with each other all the time. And mm-hmm. when there's things that we're struggling with or trying to figure out, it's good to have somebody to bounce ideas back and forth on. But I do, do still crave and miss the specific creative conversations, like talking about composi- composition and design and what mediums to use and how are you going to convey this idea and all that. I don't have a whole lot of that right now, but I'm always, always looking to build that that's kind of like a little void that I'm, mm-hmm. you know, always a little bit sad about. hmm
0: Do you, as far as like planning goes and vision and all that sort of thing, like are you now, like is, I know you're mid move, so maybe this isn't the perfect question, but like (laughs) even moving to Charlottesville, opening up the studio there, like is that a vision that you like fulfilled and have wanted? And like going forward, do you have a vision for what's next or does that kind of like come organically for you?
2: I know I want to keep doing, like, I know the core of my business is solid and I'm going to keep doing those things. I have ideas. A big reason why we're going back to Norfolk is we love the city and we love the people there and we, it's a city that's gritty and its flaws are right on its sleeves. And I like that. I, I, Sean and I both really feel like it's a city that you can kind of wrap your arms around and kind of get in there. A lot of different, there are different, we love Charlottesville, but a lot of their problems are very, are hidden. They're Mm -hmm. very, uh, everything's very shiny and pretty on the outside. And a lot of the there's just a lot of like systemic stuff that's hidden. Everybody's got, got their problems. We're just, we're familiar with Morphics. And there's this idea of, I wanna come there and I want to open up avenues for collaboration in bigger ways across different types of art, across you know more inclusive, different types of people, different age groups like there's such a like the young artists do this and the older artists are like kind of pushed away and I feel like there's so much to learn from all these different types of people that dwell in the creative world so definitely like I don't know what that's going to look like I eventually want to get another studio that's big enough to house things where I can just invite people into it and be really generous with my space I'm not I don't ever want to run a gallery I'm not trying to make money off of other people's art like I am I am good making money on my own art and I feel mm. stable and solid there. So I want like my extra time to go towards building other people up and collaborating. Mm. So I, that's a vague vision, but that's, that's kind of the vision. That's what I'm like excited to, especially as the kids get older, like they're all middle school now. The twins will be in high school in another year. Like it, there's, my life is going to look a lot different. There's going to be yeah. a lot more open time. And so I'm excited to see I don't know. I know I'll kind of follow intuition and just have lots of conversations with people and Mm -hmm. see where we land. Mm -hmm.
0: I love what you said before about intuition and having guts behind it. Mm -hmm. That feels like different and important because I feel like so many of us get the ideas and don't necessarily trust them or move forward with them. And so that idea of like having the guts behind it to actually listen to take the chance mm-hmm. because just because it's intuitive doesn't mean it's going to work it just right. means like perhaps this is the next step right because a know, lot of times it doesn't <laughs> yeah more will be revealed but like you don't right. know what's going to be revealed and like life has a funny way of having a lot of surprises it feels like mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. Does. It does. Mm-hmm.
0: does. beautiful yeah. as I don't know as we wrap up I'm wondering just like from your perspective as a human as an artist as a business owner like what do you like want people to know ultimately like walking away from whether it's a piece of art or one of your classes or just being in contact with you like what's the thing sure
2: i think i have two categories of people so Mm -hmm. there's a group of people that want to kind of we've mentioned before that want to step into a creative business Mm -hmm. i want them to know that they absolutely can have a six-figure creative business it's very doable it's not scary. I want them to know that they can do it. The second group are people who just are art lovers and want to be around art, who consider themselves people that like are collectors or creative in the sense that they paint on their own or whatever, all of those people. I want them to know that art is a good place to stay for the long haul, like for the rest of your life. Like dwelling in some form of art is good. I think it really invites us to connection to ourselves and connection to the world around us. I think it's where we see empathy and love, flourish, compassion. I think it's where we deal with the dark and stormy and scary places. So I want them to know that like, if they feel a connection to art, is because it's part of who they are I think every single person is an artist in some way and then I my I just always want to encourage everybody to be an observer because it makes the world more beautiful like you know look at the way the shadows land and look at the clouds and how the sun's dancing and down to like a little bit of a leaf or a huge wide landscape like just Being an observer is, it just brings a whole lot of peace and calm to your heart. And it's not, you can't calculate how much it does for you, but the more awake you are and the more your eyes are open, I think the more you get to live in that creative, beautiful world. I love that. That's what I'd say. (laughs) (laughs) That was beautiful. And
0: like you said something earlier about being like presence and I wrote it down and never came back to it, but I feel like you just circled back to it and like thinking about it as an observer, like that is collaborative. Like it made that made art collaborative for me in a different way. And just, that's really powerful just to observe and see things. Do you feel like you see things in a different way?
2: I do. Yeah. And I feel like it was my escape, like as a kid going through difficult things. Like I feel like my daydreamy escapeness was always rooted in what I was observing in the world around me and I feel like it was just a really lovely I was the kid who had a tree for a friend and would go and talk to the tree like that was you know <laughs> that was how I was so <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that that's so interesting is that what you're doing like when you create art is that just bringing not just but like is that bringing your perspective and like what you see to someone else's yeah. eye yeah
2: Yeah, I think so. And I hope, I mean, this is why I love abstraction. If I can play with abstraction, I hope it is like a, hey, what do you see here? Hey, what does this remind you of? Or how do you, like, what what does this pull on for you? Because I don't need everybody to know my perspective or my point of view. I want to offer it out, but I also want it to be a a mirror for for everyone to see something in. That's so so cool. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, I, we do have like a lot of creative friends. I feel like in comedy, like observation is huge. I'm sure I'm curious about you with your writing. Like there's gotta be a lot of like what you're observing in the world and the patterns you're seeing. Cause you pick up on a lot of things that are like just really like narrow in and like hit home. And I feel like you've got to have a pretty strong skill of observing to get there. Do you feel like you use observation a lot?
0: Yeah. You know, but I've never thought about it like that. A lot of times, like what I'm doing because so much of what I do is really pulling through other people's, like what they see, like I'm really listening to their vision. And so for me, that typically feels like an energetic match. And I feel yeah. like I'm given the words to kind of like paint the picture of what they're seeing in their minds, but yeah. it's it's verbal, you know what I mean? And so it's interesting yeah. that said, like, I've never considered myself creative or artistic even like years of comedy. I never counted that like towards that. Like I would never give myself that. And even when I started copywriting, I remember Jamie Jensen calling me like a writer. And I was like, I'm not a writer. I'm just like doing this, (laughs) but like, I really didn't get it. But you kind of saying like that, like, it's really fascinating that we can, I think as humans in different ways. Like, I think it's interesting how we all have kind of like different gifts or glimpses or ways of doing that. And communication definitely is what flows is that energy but like i can't paint a picture to save my I'll come take a class please do classes when you come back <laughs> i would love to like but okay. i remember being in art class as a kid like in 4th grade and we had like the there was like a special art class for the kids who were doing really good i remember very clearly not being chosen for that <laughs> and i remember looking at my picture and like knowing it wasn't like as good And I think that's actually really problematic. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't not as good. Like my ugly art would have been great to someone. There's like ugly is everything can be ugly. Right. And I actually think about that now in terms of like fashion and style, it comes up for me. Like Mm -hmm. I love thrifting and I typically Mm -hmm. pick things up and I'm like, if I have a reaction, that's like, what the hell is this? I'm probably Mm -hmm. buying it (laughs) because that to me, like it is fun. I like wearing and expressing in that way, like a fun energy that like makes people confused.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, (laughs) well, I think too, like what you're saying is you're essentially, you're saying that you're an observer. And I think that includes observing energies and entering Mm. into that. I think like, if you're, you're talking to your clients and you're helping these people and you're taking, taking in all this information, that's your medium. You're mixing that around, you're layering those things up and you're putting it out for something for somebody to like
0: yeah. take in
2: so it's yeah you're doing it painting, to me right now I see this like, <laughs> like to do right like you're yeah. you're I don't know you should consider yourself an artist yeah, I think th- that I think writers definitely are it's like such a creative thing
0: that's so interesting. did you as a kid like were you were you artistic then in a in a um, way yeah. that people
2: could see and accept <laughs> No no I mean I kept it really quiet. I was a really quiet kid I was very shy. I was afraid to, I was kind of the typical afraid to take up space. So I loved to draw, but it was never like, give me all the art supplies and I'm drawing all the time. Like I didn't even have the, I, I, I didn't even know how to ask for that kind of stuff. So it wasn't until high school that I was able to take an art class and really just like fell in love with it. Hmm. So yeah, it took a while, but I Did can that- see, I can see like my same, like the way I thought about the world and all that was still, that thread was still there
0: yeah is owning that identity like
2: do you think that's important to your business growth and success? yeah I do. I think there's if you decide to do something, it's not gonna go so well if you're unsure of unsure of the whole thing right like and I think this is what I struggled with probably my first five or six years, just so unsure of myself and it was reflected in the pricing thing it mm-hmm. was just. Am I really good enough? Should I be doing this? Am I spending more money applying to shows and going and setting up at shows and paying for hotels than I am actually making money? Like is breaking even okay? Like all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then it just felt selfish. It felt really almost like narcissistic. Like why would I, my name, my business is my actual name. And I'm telling people that what I make is worth buying. Like it was, it was there was a lot of work that had to be done around that. Yeah. It's kind of some stepping into owning yourself and knowing yourself and, you know, confidence doesn't have to be arrogance. There is a difference and figuring that out. And
0: yeah. Yeah. It's a ton to navigate. Do you Mm -hmm. still have like pings of that or is that like, Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it still comes up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But it mostly comes up when I'm comparing. So I'm like a, as much as I love other artists, I don't follow other visual artists on on social media, I just can't. I get mm-hmm. too caught up in, I'm jealous of what they're making, I'm compar- I'm assuming that they're making more money than me, assuming that they, you know, it just all of the things, assuming their followers like them better than my followers like me. It's just, so I kind of like know my, I put some boundaries up for myself because I know that those are the things that'll set me off. And if yeah. I'm not engaging in those things, I do better kind of standing on my own two feet.
0: Mm-hmm. It's yeah. fascinating to hear like the human side of you. <laughs> For real. As we're like talking, I'm like, oh my God, I have your art behind me, like to my left and to my right.
2: I know. I keep looking at it. They keep
0: catching my eye. Like, oh no, is it too fan girl? Put it down. Um, (laughs) no, but it's really cool. Thank you for being so generous, like with your stories Mm -hmm. and sharing. And I like am absolutely taking something from this conversation personally, just in like the shift around like the observation and how important that is in like a presence way and just like a being a human. Like being here and present on this earth and noticing. yeah. And then also like the remembrance, I guess, of like, that is where art comes from. Like telling your story, your version of it.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for thank being you. here. Thank you for you. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, please come back and please do classes so you can teach me how to not lose my art competition. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we'll do it. Hey, it's Erin, and I want you to know that you matter. Everything you're doing and everything you've done, it all matters. It all counts because you are important to the people around you, your family and friends, your audience, your clients, and quite honestly, to the world. Whether you're changing lives on the front line or changing lives while you're changing diapers, your presence matters. Every life you touch counts, and from just one interaction, there can be infinite, meaningful effects. And for that reason, I want to thank you for showing up and doing the work to be with yourself and share your light and your gifts and your love with those around you. If you want support with any of this human being stuff, you're always welcome to join me inside of my coaching membership, Human Being Club at humanbeingclub.com or follow along with me on Instagram for more behind the scenes, (laughs) silly stuff at Erin Lindstrom. Once again, thank you for being here and thank you for you.